welcome to the Supergirl Supercast. I'm Trishy Matson, And I'm David Schaub. And we're going to discuss Season 5, Episode 16 of Supergirl, Alex in Wonderland. David, why don't you remind us what happened? Alex is not coping well with her father's death, removing her hope for closure. After refusing to go to the funeral and pushing Kelly away, Alex chooses to hide in VR. Didn't she watch the last episode? Alex plays Supergirl and meets some other users who are forgetting reality. She soon goes red-eye and forgets reality, too. Kelly eventually finds Alex and sends NPC young Alex to shock her back. Alex almost meets her NPC father, but still no closure for Alex, though she does end simulation herself. Kelly acts as a whistleblower and gives William a massive inside scoop, but neither of them, nor the writers, seem to have noticed yet. Kelly discovers that Obsidian North has the worst software development process ever, and the board is blocking the bug fix. Andrea tells her staff to fix it, but only Eve, Hope, whoever, hears. William almost finds Margot and Leviathan's subscriber lock-in room. Oh, and Lex is putting up a satellite network. Great. (laughs) Okay, um, just one tiny little point. William is suspecting Lex in this, and although Lex is up to something, he's not the one behind the VR madness. So it's Leviathan, except they don't know that yet. I really, really like that about this episode, Mm -hmm. that all of the good guys are running around trying to figure out what's going on with Obsidian and what's Lex up to, and they have absolutely no idea that Leviathan is also there, but that Lex and Leviathan are not actually working together, but are on cross-purposes, so they're sort of misattributing whose evil actions are whose. Yes. And I really like that aspect of the story, even though it kind of isn't really dealt with yet. I think there's an episode coming that will deal with that. It's not dealt with it, but if you've been watching and paying attention, you can see all the threads tangling, and I can, you know, look forward to a beautiful snarl of complications uh, and misdirections later. Some big mess is going to happen. We all know that. And uh, it has not happened yet, but they're just throwing more wood on the fire. I like the satellite network, which is either something to do to fight Leviathan or help Lena or who knows what, (laughs) as everyone tries basically to fight for control of everyone once Obsidian Platinum is everywhere. Right. But back to uh, the main plot for tonight, of course. As we have been warning everybody, Obsidian is bad. (laughs) It's so bad. Virtual reality is dangerous. (laughs) So yeah, it doesn't take an evil hacker to trap you in virtual reality. It can be just yourself, your desires, or, you know, maybe something inherently buggy in the system, but definitely doesn't take an a malefactor to make that happen. I have software issues. I mean, I'm a software developer. I mean, it's a bad thing to see people talk about your subject of work. And usually computer stuff is so willy-nilly, it doesn't really matter. But when you start to get into how businesses manage bug handling, boy, I've been there. And this is insane. We'll get there as they get, as we get there. I think it's interesting how badly they have Alex not coping because they have to really push her really hard to make it at all believable that Alex would try and hide in VR after her experiences in the last episode. Indeed it is. It, it was rather shocking. I absolutely get that Alex, after he, having been told how she should feel and what she should do by several people, wants to just retreat to her, her room and drink. But that 
she would put those obsidian eyes in after seeing what has happened to other people is really stretching comprehension. It is bad, but hey, she's drunk. This is a rare case where holding a bottle of red wine and a big glass is actually a bad thing, because this is usually their celebration process. <laughs> so it's very unusual that red wine can actually be bad. Right. Yeah, you you kind of would have expected her to be drinking whiskey or something hard to signify the change in mood. But uh, I guess she just really likes red wine. <laughs> I suppose. I wonder how many funerals her father has had, because I would have imagined they may have had at least one before. I would think so. Um, or at least some kind of memorial c ceremony when he meant missing forever. Yeah, because he was gone for about 10 years or so. I don't quite remember the amount of time. Yeah. But it certainly was a long time. Mm -hmm. So, right. Alex doesn't want to go to the funeral because she feels like her dad abandoned her even before he went missing because he got so obsessed with keeping Kara safe, which she says to Kara's face. And... Kara doesn't really react well to that. And, you know, when Alex says she doesn't want to go because she, of that, Kara doubles down and says, but what about mom? What about Eliza? And uh, Alex says, rightly or wrongly, that she, Alex, is the one who has held this family together for many years and that she shouldn't have to always do it. And she's not going and you can't make me. <laughs> yeah, Kara is remarkably... Judgy? Well, yeah. She has remarkably few lines in this episode, and yes, they're judgy lines. <laughs> so at least we're in character. Well, true. <laughs> I'm fine with some episodes not being Kara-centric. I uh, enjoy exploring other characters in real life. Melissa Benoist is pregnant. I don't know how much that may play into this episode in particular, but it certainly makes sense that uh, once in a while she would have a lighter episode this season. Actually, I think there's maybe some other structure going on in how they're filming. I don't know for sure, though, mm. because last week's episode was very Nia, Cara, Brainy heavy. True. This week's is very Kelly, Alex, William, and Andrea heavy. Mm. So I really wonder if we're going to see a lot of Lex and Lena in the next episode. Oh, that's a good point. Maybe. We'll see. Right. I'm a little worried about how the season is going to wrap up, but we can get to that later. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, Alex pops in the eyes, and very disturbingly to me, her escapist fantasy is to be Kara, or to be Supergirl, at least. She wants to fly around and punch things, which, sure, fine, who doesn't want to do that ev eventually? But everyone keeps calling her Supergirl, and... It seems like she would keep getting reminded of something that she is trying not to think about. So I know people can get all twisted up inside, but that just seems like a really weird escapist fantasy to me. Why wouldn't she want to go, I don't know, put on a knight's armor and, and slay dragons in some fantasy setting instead? So you're saying the person who is sad, drunk... <laughs> rejecting everyone around her and doing other unhealthy things has an unhealthy fantasy. I guess. Okay. <laughs> Maybe I'm just complaining too much. It was just like the title of the episode was Alex in Wonderland and I was expecting something different besides Alex living out Kara's life as Alex perceives it. I'm okay with them doing it because they have presented that question of how much Alex resents Kara as Supergirl and I think it therefore does flow relatively well in the episode. It's unhealthy, but we know it's unhealthy. <laughs> 
That's true. At least it's not presented as being particularly healthy. This is where we also then get the scene with Kelly and William, which I have some strange issues with, but they discuss the 32 satellites that Lex has going into orbit, and they're trying to ask the good question, was Richard working with Lex? Which is a very good question. Yes. Really, this is just part of that whole thing where uh, Leviathan is doing stuff, Lex is doing stuff, but the good guys have no idea which is which. Right. And it's it's fun watching them getting turned in circles as they follow various leads. I hope, though, William is actually writing the story about why Obsidian Platinum is absolutely horrible. Because he's getting all of this juicy material and no statement is even made that he's a reporter. <laughs> well, if he tried to publish what he has right now, he'd get fired from CatCo. Absolutely. So maybe he's trying to gather enough material to really blow the lid off and then go to the Times of London or somebody else, who knows. Go back to his real job. Yes. Uh, which he is here undercover. Yeah. It's, it's true. It, maybe he's just building up enough information, but at some point he's going to have to act because it's going to be, as we have described, a massively snarly mess and he's going to have to do something. He's going to have to do something because they now are on the verge of realizing that a bunch of people have gone missing, uh, not only gone into obsidian comas, but are missing entirely in body as well as spirit. Yeah, some of the numbers seemed a little strange where they were trying to track down 100 and they made 100 calls and then there was a larger number, but all the 100 people they tried to call weren't missing. And then they eventually found that some smaller number were. It seemed a little strange there. I didn't quite follow why they had difficulty initially finding anyone. I imagine that Leviathan is doing something to make that trail harder to track. Yeah, that does follow. So we still have no idea what Leviathan is doing with the bodies of the people who have gone into Obsidian Coma, but they've been collecting the bodies, and they have them in a warehouse, and William apparently has a f hacker friend who found that warehouse, but when William went there, the evil old lady Leviathan, whose name I keep forgetting... Margo. Margo, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> she was there and she somehow made everybody go out of face or something so that William couldn't see them. It's unclear whether the room had a cloaking device or whether she is a cloaking device. Uh, we couldn't tell. Uh, maybe they'll explain that technology at some point. Yeah, I don't think they just went invisible, though, because he was able to walk around the warehouse with no obstruction. And I think he would have been walking into hospital beds if he had been doing that. I don't know. I, d I didn't see that. I saw him walking up to the edge mm -hmm. and not walking farther forward. But it, it's hard to tell. Okay. Well, anyway, some kind of high-tech thing made William not realize what was happening or that there, there were all those people stored there. But he did happen upon one of those hospital ID bracelets that had fallen off of somebody's wrist. So that made him happy enough. He has another lead to follow up on. I have to say this show has redefined for me what subscriber lock-in really looks like. <laughs> it's not pretty. Yes. I think Leviathan, as we saw them pre-crisis, clearly was sort of a, a Gnostic god, let's beat down the humans and tell you what to do, and you guys should all behave, fire and brimstone kind of place, where, where they really want to get the humans to do what they want, as they feel they are gods. And this clearly has some control aspect, but it's hard to 
see if their endgame is really the Matrix. Yeah, I thought it was interesting when Alex was in there. She wasn't just self-trapped by the beauty of it. The non-player characters in her dream, the fake Jean Jones and fake Dreamer and everybody, were trying to convince her that any momentary questioning of the situation there was uh, interpreted as an attack. And so it's not just that addictive personalities get trapped by how nice it is in Obsidian Platinum Land, but it is that there are elements within the simulation itself that is defending the simulation from being perceived as such and and uh, ended by the user. And they also fully explained what NPCs were to us again. Again. <laughs> which I was shocked by, given that I barely understood why they were telling us that in the previous episode. The biggest issue I have with this episode is Kelly's describing this bug, which is not getting fixed. And we were presented the bug as characters are not able to either end the simulation or press the emergency button if it shows up. Mm-hmm. And in this episode, we are presented with what they're describing as the same bug, and it looks nothing like that whatsoever. This is now, the system itself is clearly being designed and implemented to capture people, to gaslight them, to somehow actually make them forget reality such that they don't want to leave. And what we're presented here is nothing like what we saw in the previous episode. So I don't know going forward what is going to be the bug, or there's now just a series of bugs, or Kelly is just entirely unaware that the entire system is a nightmare trap. But I was a little blown away how differently it was presented in this episode than the previous episode. One possibility is that Leviathan, having been alerted to the fact that some people are aware of the simple lack of the escape hatch and being aware that they're going to have to do something about that have devised this system self-defense rather than the simple lack of an exit handle that they have recoded in a more subtle way to keep people trapped in the system. Yes, I agree with that. Like I I can certainly headcanon what's going on, which is uh, Leviathan is making this worse and worse and worse and worse because it was bad last time. Well, it's worse now. <laughs> and we're just seeing a progression of Leviathan putting in more and more sabotage effectively to make Obsidian Platinum a nightmare horror. And, and we're just seeing that progression. But it would be nice if we see Kelly and Andrea actually seeing that soon because it, it's going to get kind of ridiculous if they keep being unaware of what's actually going on. At some point, it'd be nice if Andrea actually figures this out. A couple of minor plot points I wanted to discuss. I thought it was fun that when the NPCs were trying to gaslight Alex and make her think that these questionings of reality were an attack by a villain, that they said that it was Psy, someone from seasons past, who seemed underutilized and then, you know, has popped back a couple of times but I was just happy to hear her mentioned again. It was a wonderful use of Psy in the story, and boy, it would have worked better had they actually had the actor. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it was nice to hear about her, though. Yeah, it, it was a very clever tack. Uh, whatever algorithm the software is using to try and gaslight people, mm-hmm. 
it does a very nice job of it. I was not at all caught by the Kelly waking up but still being in the simulation. That was pretty obvious because we already know there's only two ways of getting out of the simulation and she did neither. Right. But I did like the added complexity of you try and leave. No, you're not actually leaving. We're just giving you a deeper, more complicated fake reality to try and trick you with. Right. It's inception level. <laughs> yes, exactly. So and that's that's certainly fun. Another thing, just a very minor detail that I noticed was that at the beginning of her VR fantasy, Alex as Supergirl had a long black wig, but then in later scenes of Alex as Supergirl, she had lost the wig and was back to her regular cool haircut, you know, short asymmetrical. And I wondered, you know, was there some kind of logic about that? And also just, I liked Alex's black Supergirl costume, <laughs> as opposed to red and blue. The black costume is great. And yeah, the haircut the haircut just changed as we were one simulation layer in. Her hair was never long in the outer simulation. Right. We still had her as Supergirl. Mm-hmm. Yep. In there somewhere we had Andrea giving this horrible line. What happened last week was because of a hacker, not a flaw in our system. <laughs> <sighs> Andrea, you should not be allowed to run a software company. <laughs> I mean, Kelly is bad. She calls this life-threatening, brain-damage-inducing bug problematic. <laughs> but I, I really need Andrea to come back and do something a little more helpful in terms of what Obsidian Platinum's becoming, because that was so bad. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes, it was. One other thing that occurs to me is... With all the stuff that Andrea is talking about with the wonderful anti-trauma uses of Obsidian, uh. Kelly was a late hire, and I suppose there may be other psychiatrists working for Obsidian, but we've never seen or heard of them, any of them, and Kelly doesn't seem to be the head of a department or anything. So I think Andrea's emphasis on how wonderful and therapeutic obsidian is is just really bogus i kind of bought it in the previous episode where it was discussing the people who were just given this traumatic experience and then it was helping them but here i i couldn't cope with it at all i mean i suppose it's andrea trying to manipulate kelly because she knows what kelly's interested in but it's so far down a dark alley where andrea is either lying which I don't know if she is, or an idiot. And I don't think she is, so it, it it was really hard for me, these lines. But at least we do have some turning later in the episode where Andrea says, fix the bug. I don't care if this process can be good and help some people, if it is obviously life-threatening and brain-damage-inducing. No. No, you you halt release. You tell people, you know, that there's there's going to be a little work on it. You, you can lie and say that we didn't properly prepare for scaling it up and we're going to have to halt and retrench for a few weeks or something. You don't have to say we created an evil mind-killing bug, um, but you don't just keep going forward with it. And also, just this isn't how corporations work either, let alone software companies. You don't tell one person stop stuff until this is dealt with. You call a meeting <laughs> with a bunch of managers and tell them that head will, heads will roll or something. You don't just walk past a secretary and say, stop that stuff. 
for the most part, I think we're just seeing time and budget constraints. There aren't enough actors being paid for by this show to cover it. I suppose, but it's jarring to keep seeing all seeing these. This isn't how it works. This isn't how anything like that works. Moments. It's um, disruptive to the story, I think. There is no Watsonian answer to a lot of these questions, I'm afraid. Right. I thought it was interesting as we bury into Alex's reality, how Alex clearly wants her henshaws and brainies to be very over the top in their portrayal. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Between this and the bar scene with the singing Lincoln, I kind of wonder if this is what watching Legends of Tomorrow was like. The, the, this has just gone crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoy the over-the-topness of Legends of Tomorrow. <laughs> this is not that. <laughs> okay. You don't have Kryptonian witches vaporizing people in bars and everyone giggling? Well, you might, but it would be clever and funny. <laughs> Not just, hmm. <laughs> that all of that bar scene was just kind of, hmm. Yes. I, I didn't quite believe that this was effectively going to turn Alex, but I guess it did. I, I think they just wanted to show you, even though it was entirely horrible and ridiculous, it was still starting to fake out Alex. Mm-hmm. I was just going to mention that in the VR world, we see a bunch of other player characters. And, you know, if this environment really wanted to keep people locked in and not get surprised having them actually interacting with other people in the simulation is not a good idea right if everyone was an npc there's no way that alex would have been shocked to find that there was another supergirl around so for everything the simulation was doing to try and lock alex in it did seem to be doing some incredibly stupid things that would make everyone double think and reconsider the reality so maybe it's just the obsidian trap isn't fully coded yet um or I just don't quite understand uh, what it's trying to do. I think they probably don't have the supercomputing power to have an immersive reality separate for each person. So probably, you know, they have to share resources from person to person and they just let that get a little too close. So it's which World of Warcraft server are you on? <laughs> Something like that. There's only a couple Supergirls. There's not 50 Supergirls flying around. I think this has basically the problem that Second Life always has, which is, it's crazy. <laughs> but I did kind of like having the Supergirl show up and the NPCs all responding to her in exactly the same way they responded to Alex. And Alex going, wait a second. Yep. Okay, so... When Kelly finally gets Alex out of her VR trap, they hug and Alex apologizes and, you know, that's all very nice. Alex says the thing about there's a lot more people trapped in there and Kelly says, I'm on it, but first we need to get you to Midville. (laughs) And that is being a great girlfriend, but a horrible psychiatrist. (laughs) Because there's a bunch of people trapped and possibly needing medical help as well as psychiatric help. And I think uh, Kelly should have done something about that um, and put her girlfriend in a cab. I was horrified by that scene. I I have exactly the same line. Seriously, the funeral has higher priority than 42 people stuck in body bags? Yeah. (laughs) What are you talking about, Kelly? (laughs) What is your priorities here? There's no way that they should go to the funeral, given that 
all of these people are in desperate help and they're the only ones who know how to do anything about it. Mm -hmm. I was amazed by that. It, maybe they could have phrased it or put in a line there to make it excusable, but just going from those lines was just just ridiculous. I was also fairly appalled that Kelly kept going in by herself to save trapped Alex when she knew was Alex was trapped and had no reason to believe that, you know, she, Kelly, would be able to get out of it any better. Oh, I don't know. I think the second person going in after the first person into the virtual reality to go into their brain, that trope is so deep and so used. I, I just, I don't <laughs> think I even noticed. Okay. What I did notice was they did get back the teen Alex that we had previously had in a big flashback episode. Yes. Which I thought was an interesting use because they have their local Vancouver actors around mm -hmm. and they could get that actor, which I thought was an interesting use. But it really put in sharp relief that they also couldn't get Alex's father's actor back to do this episode in VR. Yeah. So they present that Alex is somehow getting some kind of closure through this experience, but there's nothing there to show us her getting any closure. The young Alex kind of explains that, oh, you couldn't have done anything. Uh. Yeah, I mean, kind of the closure is to get Alex to accept that there is no closure. I suppose. And I think the young Alex did a pretty good job in this role. I, I thought she did a good job in the flashback, too. Yes. So it was nice seeing her again. Mm -hmm. But it is, I think, a bit of a pity that they couldn't bring back the father's actor. Yep. Okay, so a lot to look forward to, I think. Uh, you know, we may quibble with plot elements of individual episodes, but I've been enjoying the plot weaving uh, and the, you know, dodging in and out and misdirections that we've been seeing. I'm very pleased overall with this season, I'm a little worried that we may not actually get a resolution given the situation that uh, filming production has been stopped and uh, they had not gotten all the way to the finale yet. So I'm not quite sure how far we're going to get through the season. It may come to an abrupt stop. I don't know if they really could uh, just foreshorten the season given that it stopped so they can't really write a quick episode 19 that would wrap it up because that's not going to get filmed, at least not for probably a month, two months. And they probably wouldn't want to just stop and say, okay, we're going on another hiatus for a couple of months. They would probably stop the season and pick it up again next year. What do you think? Well, a lot of shows are hitting this and mm -hmm. it's certainly the right call because there's no good reason to have crews and actors and all of these things put at risk. Absolutely. I'm not complaining about the situation. I'm just speculating as I am want to do. I'm sure there are episodes that are filmed that are still in uh, post. So that's still going to be ongoing. But yeah, the, the schedule for the rest of the season and then what the startup for the next season looks like is it all unknown. But I am sure that they'll be able to do something in, unless they decide to say, ah, screw it, let's end the show. That would suck. But I'm sure that eventually it will sort itself out. Yeah, it was a bit jarring also when I was uh, streaming the episode and saw episodes for Chipotle's, which certainly nobody in my area is going out to these days, and for The New Mutants premiering April 3 in theaters, which will not happen. <sighs> There are, I'm sure, some people who believe that The New Mutants is never going to actually come out. <laughs> I so want to see this movie. Who knows how bad it is, but I so desperately want to see this movie. <laughs> 
Well, I suppose they could put it on streaming. I don't understand why they don't really. I mean, obviously they barely want to put it in theaters. So (laughs) they've been (laughs) resisting putting it in theaters for months and months and months now. I guess like everybody else, we'll just have to wait and see what happens. Absolutely. I didn't mention one thing. Kelly said at some point in the episode regarding people not realizing that they were in VR anymore, that she had seen this before and she's still okay with this product. Oh, (laughs) Yeah, so Kelly is trapped in the system, although she's starting to resist a little bit, these assurances by Andrea. You know, I'm sure she must have signed some really fierce non-disclosure things, which she's probably already broken by talking to William. No kidding. (laughs) Here's the thing. If Obsidian Platinum does horrible things and lots of people die or, or these horrible things happen to them, And William could have stopped it by just going to another press organization and actually writing the article. I'll be annoyed at him. Mm -hmm. So far, all he really has to go on is a bracelet, though. Uh, No, he has everything that Kelly's told him. He has some missing people, but then they couldn't find them. So, I don't know. But he'll find out what happened to Alex. Yes. Time will tell. Mm Mm-hmm. I hope our listeners out there are staying safe and doing what they can to help others stay safe. I hope that our uh, discussions help lighten the mood for people for a little while. If you would like to continue the conversations with us, you can find us on Twitter at SG Supercast or on uh, the Incomparables Slack channels, TV and Biff uh, and other channels too. I would like to thank the Incomparable for hosting us. And as always, David, I'd like to thank you for another good conversation. Happy to be here. Bye-bye. Okay.